wave dash. Yeah, just wave dash. Just let the flow naturally happen. And when you get to rapping with a passion, what you doing, bro? Wave dashing on a dead body. It's the Review a New Podcast. Uh, I, I, I'm DJ. And I'm Will the Greatest. And this is the podcast where we typically look at uh, the movies of our favorite uh, movie makers and, you know, talk about them in a modern lens. Uh, but today we're taking a request. Thank you so much to Dr. Goatman uh, for, for this request. And if you'd like to make a request, head on over to Kofi.com slash Rap Critic, where uh, actually from now, when you hear this episode until I think the end of February, I'm going to be doing a... Uh, fundraising thing for the next music video that i'm working on the animated music video where yeah yeah if you donate you know for a request or just however much you want on the kofi you're going to be able to get access to the music video first so you know get with it act like you want it if you want to uh be a part of what's going on you know you get to support your boy and then you know what i'm saying you get a little request in you know so yeah get with it act like you want it and uh let's let's get into this request today for Swiss Army Man by the Daniels. Yeah. Once again, they definitely are hitting you with some shit that you are not expecting, but I, I don't necessarily know how to feel about <laughs> this one versus uh everything everywhere all at mm. once. And I, I saw that movie first and am now going back to this one. So did I. This is kind of like the oh, this is their humble beginnings. I guess this is where they like were first proving themselves, <laughs> and, I guess. And I'm like, this was the idea they went with? Like, what is it? <laughs> what is happening uh i'm definitely of two minds about it because i wanted to see it back when it when it first dropped like god this movie is like seven years old i didn't even realize that till i yeah 2016 yeah and like think about every everything everywhere is like my favorite movie from 2022 and so going back i'm like oh okay well finally now i have a reason to watch this and on the one hand i'm like man why did i watch this bullshit but on the other hand i'm like I think it's really good. <laughs> really? Oh my goodness! Well, well, we, yeah, we'll we, we'll talk about it. We'll definitely yeah. talk about it because I get what you're saying in terms of it being like a. This is unlike any movie you've ever seen before. You know, absolutely. With what's happening? It's so. This is modern filmmaking. We're breaking the fourth wall with what's happening. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like th- this is a yeah postmodern movie. You know, it's it's up there with like sorry to bother you in terms of the those mm. yeah we robbed this of a, the surreality of a, yeah we, we robbed this yeah. of a best original screenplay because when, like when i think yeah. oh you know best original screenplay i think what's something that is so far and beyond out of the typical norm of expectation but also executed well like that's what originality means it's like you are creative but also competent in your creativity. Right, so right. I'm hoping Everything Everywhere at least gets that because, again, it's a very original movie. Oh, yeah. If that doesn't win, we riot, like, yeah. straight up and down. But uh, but for this one... Um, oh, it's it's something. <laughs> yeah. Just to hop into it. So the basic premise of the movie is a guy is about to uh, self-delete. Mm-hmm. And he's he's stuck on an island, I, I, yeah. and right before he's able to hang himself, a dead body floats up on shore. Mm-hmm. Basically, because it kind of ruins his moment of uh, doing the deed, 
because it keeps farting. Yep. It's the only movie where a fart is a plot device. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's like the weirdest sort of like fart the movie. It's like fart joke, the serious movie. Yeah, like that's something that I think is interesting. I'm like, this is the only time I've seen a movie where it's like, oh, could you remove the fart joke from the movie and it still work? Actually, no. It is a it is a yeah, critical no. part of the movie. It's the, integral the, to the to the plot. Yeah. And- <laughs> <laughs> to yeah. several sequences as well like it's it, it moves the yeah. plot along is like the corpse farts it's like Be- beavis and butthead would vote this for best film at uh sundance yeah. for sure and, and the thing about it it definitely works at a, a, like i think for the most part but there's just sometimes where it feels like okay is this all you guys what's happening right, right now what? <laughs> but it, but it's also like well shot and well edited too yeah and so it's one of those things where it's like it's the fact that they are going so hard in making this intricate fart joke look really good that is kind of you know that's supposed to be the insanity of it right Right. like but it 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 becomes sometimes sort of a thing like remember that movie uh it's like a lot of exploitation movies like like there's a movie rubber or like oh god yes or machete, you know, where it's like the idea of the spectacle of this, the movie poster of what this is, is basically what you were sold this movie on. And then it's like, oh, well, we're so focused on the imagery. Are we really making like a plot that is, you know what I'm saying? Like that fully comes together as a satisfying Mm -hmm. story. But to get into it, yeah, basically he's, he's, he's about to off himself. The uh, dead body rolls up on shore he he thinks it's alive at one point so he kind of like goes over to it but then you know he sees that it's not and he's like humming a little song to himself to mm-hmm. sort of like you know ease himself but then the fart keeps ha- starts happening and keeps happening and so it just ruins his ability <laughs> to like concentrate on doing it's it like <laughs> i'm i'm too perplexed to you know yeah <laughs> eradicate myself from from life yeah and so and it's like the imagery of what this is you gotta respect them going for it right. especially when you see it happening but it's just kind of like the character motivation you know of like why would someone jump to that why was a oh yeah of course i can uh, try to surf on this dead like it's just so like huh? <laughs> it plays into your suspension of disbelief because i mean weirdly enough in the context like because when you die your body expels itself it would make sense for it to right, release right. gas but yeah i'm there with um the the main character hank of just like okay yeah i know that that happens but this is getting a little excessive. <laughs> now, now, see, what I was thinking originally was that they're going to go, like, a dark comedy route. Like, when yeah. I was thinking about, like, why you would do that, I was first thinking, like, well, shit, I was just about to kill myself. I'm on a desert island. Who cares about your rules of civility anyway? Let me jump on a dead body. You know, before. like, that's what I was kind of thinking, like, let's just go. That's kind of where I was, too, where it's just like. Yeah, but the understanding that the farting is going to propel him. Like, that's the thing. You know what I mean? Like, there seems to be no surprise that, like, oh, snap, it worked. Right. It's How did you put two and two together that, that he would turn into a human motorboat? Yeah, you know what I mean? He was just like, oh, yeah. Put the thing around him, and then we're good to go. Like right, and especially with um, when you see him start to, I guess, literally uh, fart surf his way to to freedom, like you know, <laughs> fart jet ski. Like you see, I think he yanks somewhere 
near his hip or something to get the like motor fart oh to get the give or the torque or whatever the hell yeah he's like uses his necktie and the the rope and belt he had uh to kind of you know ramp up the the strength yeah. of the gas so he goes from there to what also kind of looks like the same island honestly <laughs> <laughs> Right, it it did. I'm like, oh shit, did he wind up back? I'm like, man, this is this is dark. <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> yeah, I thought they were really doing this. I'm like, like, oh, we're really going like cast away to the like ninth degree where it's like he thought, like I thought he was like waking up and it's like, oh shit, that was all a dream that didn't happen, <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. It's just like it's like, man, you just can't get out of it. Like it, it seemed like it was almost going to be a abstract like psychological horror. Of yeah. him trying to motivate himself to stay alive and all his company is a corpse function. Right, right. Um, I thought that was which where we were going. Sort of happens. <laughs> yeah, but no, he really does end up going to another place that yeah. eventually has people on it. So it's kinda like, oh, okay. I thought it was gonna be like a yeah, a tense psychological mental thriller of like, is he going insane? Is all of this really happening? You know? Which again, still Kinda happened. Yeah, it's kinda. <laughs> kinda, yeah. Kinda, it, it, it's a, it's a thinking movie. <laughs> yeah, and, and I do think it's fun at first that when he like, when he does it, there's the moment of like you hear the music, and if you listen, it's kind of doing like a South Park level of like, oh, he's doing the thing, and he's doing the thing next, and we're gonna be yes. friends, and then, <laughs> that's why you need a montage. I was like, oh my god, we're really doing this, huh? The the way the movie handles music is like incredibly creative, especially with like the tone of certain scenes, where it'll literally be like hums that are turned into jingles. Yeah, and you're do. not sure if the music is like diegetic, like. Like, if it's actually right. coming, uh, you know, if he's still singing along with it, or, if like, are we about to break into a musical number? Or if that's, like, oh, just taking the music and then just kind of playing along with it into an orchestra, you know? Yeah, like, one of but them yeah. was Cotton, or several times they used Cotton Eye Joe. Cotton Eye kind Joe, of a, yeah, yeah. Way motif, it was like that. Like you mentioned, there are a couple montage specific, like, uh, I'm singing the events of what's going on presently. <laughs> But in a very beautiful way where if you, like I had subtitles on when I watched it. Wait, was that the lyrics? Because it was so for the wall breaking. I think that, that, right. that might have been the lyrics. <laughs> the, it, 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 they were on par with that. It's just like sometimes you need a montage. Oh, no, he's like lighting a fire with his ass. Here is the next thing going. But yeah. it's like, but it's but it's so like beautifully orchestrated. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what way to save yourself some budget on like. <laughs> Right. Licensing um, and, music, it's like, no, we'll just either and, do one cover of a, I think, royalty-free song, mm -hmm. or just literally turn what's going on into the song. And and by the way, th this is the, the Daniels, once again, the guys who did the turn down what music video. So, like, yes. you, you really see... <laughs> that it like that reflected in how the movie is kind of made with lots of quick cuts and stuff like that. Not like it's and it's one of those things where it's like, I, you know, you meet a movie at its level when it's doing a certain thing. Clearly, you know what I mean. And so it's like there's mm. a certain level where it's like, oh, I'm down for the absurdity to a certain degree. But there's just like it, it feels like it needs to be a full parody of something, but it never really gets around to what it's supposed to be a parody of. You know what I mean? Like doesn't this yeah. movie feel like it's supposed to be a satire? Of something. I, I can see how you could definitely take it in that direction. But I, I guess as I was watching it, that didn't seem like the... 
when you get into like the themes of the movie, it seems like doing the parody of something like like doing, you know, dark humor castaway. It yeah, almost yeah. seems too easy, so they had to kind right. of manufacture challenges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can feel that happening, you know what I'm saying, as it's as it's unfolding. Yeah, it's like but it's like for for me at least, it didn't like pull me out of it, but when you bring it up it's like, yeah, how, basically, how do we make castaway but about like the beauty of existence in a sense. Yeah. But do whatever we want on a limited budget. You know what it is? It's like they're doing a double swerve. It's like, yeah, here's this ridiculous concept that we know you're aware is ridiculous, but how about we actually swerve it on you and make it an actual human interest story, like about, you know, emotion, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. About like life and love and like existence and not to belabor a point. I would say they kind of perfected it with everywhere, everything, which did you notice right, one right. of the, one of the song lyrics was like straight up, um, yes. everywhere. Every, and I'm just like, did you, <laughs> like, Son of a bitch. did you steal from yourself? That's kind of fire. <laughs> oh, that's, oh, that's what we call foreshadowing in the business. Yeah. Thing. Just like, huh? Yeah, just yeah, like no. six years in the future. Yeah. Now there's one point where he's like, Oh, my mom used to sing a song when when the dead guy uh well he, he hasn't because yeah 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 manny played by daniel radcliffe he's like yes. you know um he, he feels like the body's kind of like moving in some sort of way so of course you know he wants to keep from going crazy so he starts talking to it and he's like oh my mom used to sing a song to me and let me sing it for you and the song goes crazy i'm fucking crazy <laughs> i'm like that, that's what your mom used to say <laughs> It's like, huh. like it really makes me go like, what is this guy's family life? Like, what's happening? Which I mean, there there's a repeating point about kind of using the the R word and then just like, no, don't say that. Yeah, it yeah. Actually, comes full circle too, which is also interesting. Yeah, it, it's one of those things that makes you like ask questions about like, yeah, what is the bigger life story of this character right now that maybe we're right. only getting hints at, and especially it, it's in the way Paul Dano. Uh, who I think he does a really good performance with how insane the material is. Uh, like, I feel like he does a good job of being the sort of quiet-spoken guy who's just, like, having a quirky moment, and he's going along with it, and, like, well, this is my life, or whatever, weird things happen, and I'm just doing it. You know, like, he gives that off mm-hmm. because there's a certain softness to him that doesn't come off as right. just, like, Madman Crazy. It comes off as, like, a person just trying to, you know, survive in this predicament. You know what I'm saying? And so right. it, th- there's a certain, um, not lightness, but like uh, tenderness that comes with yeah. like, how his character interacts with the dead body after a certain point, you know? Even though yeah, like you're, it, it keeps dipping into this dark territory where you're like, where is the shoe going to drop in terms of how insane this is going to get, you know? And and, and to, the, to, like, to the credit, you know, the movie has to functionally uh, up till basically the, the last... 20 minutes has to just be carried by Paul Dano and, and Dan Radcliffe. And even the first like 20, 25 minutes is basically Paul Dano and a body. And yeah. mind you, th- th- I'll say for my own context, this is the second project I've seen of each of them. I'll say as adults. Yeah, I think so for me too. I think the technically the first thing I've seen Radcliffe in was the Al Yankovic movie. And I saw Paul Dano oh, was that good? in the Batman. By the way, was that good? <laughs> the Al- weird Al Yankovic movie? It, it took me way too long to get it. <laughs> okay. That that was that's that's my only complaint. Not in a disservice to the movie, but it's like, wow, you because you think it's going to just like as a minor aside, you think it's going to just be like 
the traditional biopic with maybe mm. some lightheartedness, but then you realize, wait a minute, I know who this is about, and I know what he does. Okay, wait, okay. And then it like when it clicks, you're like, Enter. oh. <laughs> then everything gets way funnier because it gets way wacky. All right, yeah, yeah. No, I think Daniel Radcliffe, he's been choosing very interesting projects as an adult. <laughs> I think he's tried to break out of his Harry Potter shadow. Yeah, and yeah. Like, to his credit, like he's he is a very good actor, but like seeing him with it, seeing them in like radically different roles, even from this, yeah, has me coming in with a really weird perspective. And, like, well, well, I think, Paul Dano, I thought was fantastic in the Batman. I yeah, you know, and, and, like I did like him in it. I did not like the movie's plot as much. I I feel like I'm taking crazy pills, and I'm like the only person who like doesn't like the movie and how the plot came out because i was just like you're you're one of like two or three people I, I, i've heard that weren't huge fans i i really that's like another that. conversation that's another conversation uh, kofi.com if you want to uh get that request <laughs> yeah seeing dan will be like super serious and then i'm just like okay there's one i, I see them as these characters which is a, a very strong testament to their acting capabilities but also the script where you have to make the audience give a shit about a a man, two men that you know nothing about. Yeah, because it gives you no information at the start. Yeah, yeah, close to no context. So they're just straight characters, basically start to finish. Yeah, you get a little bit of like a teensy tiny bit of like Hank's background, but throughout the movie, it's these two guys basically teaching one another. Yeah, now, now about I, yeah how to be basically, and, and I will say like it, it, it's a self aware movie in the sense of like you know what the movie's doing in the sense of. It's 2016, and what the, Harry Potter's doing a movie where he where he's like you know a dead body farting and moving on right to, you know like it's that sort of stuff where we know how ridiculous this is, mm. but as the movie unfolds, it's really that question of like does it pay off the balancing with the ridiculous with the silly, and I don't know like I feel like the ambiguity of some parts helps at uh, some points and at other points it feels like it feels like they forgot something. You know, like, that, mm -hmm. like no, in order to tell a full story, I, I feel like I need to know, what was that about? You know? I don't know. Yeah. As we go through, let, let's go to the plot points. Maybe I'll uh, get, get my point on it a little better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm curious to, as like as we get into the details of it, too, where on um, those parts... Because I, I, I could be inclined to agree with you, but, like, at the same time, it's... It's ambitious. Yes. I yes, give certainly. them so much credit on it is an exceptionally ambitious film. Not so much in the lens of just like, oh, they're doing Christopher Nolan visual effects. No. Similar to Castaway. You've hinged your entire bonkers balls to the wall uh premise on two dudes with essentially no backstory. Yeah. Yeah. So all you have is character and a endpoint. Right, right. You you have a start and end. And two like people... Like, the intrigue of what, what's going to happen, yeah. Yeah, like, you have the intrigue of, like, what's going to happen. And to an extent, like, those questions of, like, what's going on. And you get, I would say, in terms of, like, fleshing them out, you get just enough for Hank. Yeah. What they do with Manny, I can... T it's, it's obviously deliberate, because there's so many questions you have about Hank by the end that are directly tied to his experiences with Manny... And also kind of the, the reveal in the third act, too. And obviously, this is some A24 shit. That oh, makes a lot of sense. Them. Yeah, that's right. Oh, God. It's so what they do. <laughs> 
it's like, hey, it's like, let's give let's give budget to the weirdest thing. I mean, they earned that. Like you, you brought up Sundance earlier. I think they won a uh, best directing award for a U.S. drama, which was totally deserved. Uh, I see that. Yeah, uh, I'm over here like. I don't even know how you do this, bro. Just to make this, like, believable. To make this ridiculous concept, like, to, to yeah. have the suspension of disbelief that this is happening. I'm even thinking from a performance sense, especially for Rex. So it's like, it, as as a, my personal side, I just did, uh, worked on a, a short project for, like, three days this past weekend. Mm-hmm. Where I had a psychological situation and i also had to play like essentially being very very still with my body and a bunch of stuff like that so i'm watching this from like coming hot off of that Mm -hmm. (laughs) and looking at daniel's performance i'm like how the fuck did they do that Uh, i'm like what what i'm like was he actually carrying him was there a right yeah double different i'm like how did you yeah yeah. like that first 2030 i'm like how did you handle this and then like as a performance i'm like daniel how do you, how do you, you have to act with uh, basically your neck for 90% yeah. of the movie. Just neck and voice. Yeah, his uh, American accent, I think. Did you, you hear that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> he was pretty good for the most part. He does better than most, I would say, in terms of his American. Oh, but sure, it is still that sure. standard. yeah, yeah. It is still the standard uh, British American where it's always like, cleaner but deeper right right until you tell them to say like cheeseburger yeah yeah the benedict cumberbatch sort of you know yeah yeah they all sound like house (laughs) (laughs) um they all sound like house that's how you know that they're british here's the thing okay so the part where the water starts leaking from his mouth and he you know sets him up and he's like oh you know like oh what's going on I, i don't know what's happening are you okay and then it just starts like just like splashing out of his mouth and again interesting visual but it's like mm-hmm. then he ta- finds a company goes oh i've got water i'm gonna put the water co-. it's like is is that what a he- human being would think my dead friend is gushing water yeah. let me get some water from a cup and drink out of this dead body dead body water like you know it's just like uh yeah what's happening <laughs> nothing to question about that this is clearly fresh water coming from right. this corpse's throat <laughs> even though my first question was like so is all that just in is that salt water from the drowning that we can presume because i'm like that can't be like you even when he drinks it you see him kind of like wretch a little bit just like <clears throat> i'm like yeah i yeah. know that shit was probably salty as hell yeah if you're gonna drink that you might as well just drink the seawater yeah, outside you, you, you might as well I just mean? stick like, with the rain you were drinking it yeah that's the thing that i wasn't getting i was like it's not like they were in a desert and he you know started vomiting it was like oh i'm get taking what i can get it's like well there is water and that was just as probably dangerous to you so you know yeah, you can you can only presume that it's like he said he's off the Pacific. The ocean is salt water, buddy. Oh, the body purifies the water if you vomit it up. So sure. uh, that's why it sterilizes. Why it. not? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing I was trying to get. It's like, why does he think this water is safe to drink? <laughs> Dire situations, I guess. That's the only. You know, just like, hey, this is this is more water than I was getting out of that cup of rain. So yeah, I guess even if I'm a little thirsty after, I'll take what I can. You know, blessings in mysterious ways, I guess. <laughs> Uh, he's like ah yes this this puke backwater that's delicious uh, <laughs> hydrating this is the part where he starts talking yes and, and it's like as soon as he starts talking he punches him in the face <laughs> when the corpse <laughs> begins to speak now that's realistic right there yeah <laughs> and he, like he runs away and then he like has the moment where he turns around and comes back it's like i i'm, I'm sorry <laughs> I was just kind of. Oh yeah, you know he just 
punched him immediately and just, why did you punch me? Yeah. And I'm like, no, that's a fair reaction. What the hell is this? And that, that's when Daniel Radcliffe really starts acting as the, the body come back to life. Yeah, like, why did you punch me? Oh, holy shit. It's like, to be fair, it's a fair question to a very reasonable response. <laughs> right. You haven't spoken in a day and a half. I didn't. And, and so it kind of sets up this little bit of thing of like, oh my God, you were dead, but now you're alive. Like, whoa, we've got to tell the world about how incredible it is that you're alive. Oh, this is insane. And oh yeah, that's yeah. the other thing. Before the dead body is alive, he starts carrying it. Yeah. And there's not really a reason why at that point that he's carrying it. Did you think about that too? My only presumption is kind of like, he basically got him back as close to society, like some level of humanity. And so is, is it like a, oh, let me bring you back to, uh, to society so you can get a proper burial? Yeah, like, I, I took it as kind of like, on the one hand, like like a guilt, because it's like, well, your fart saved my me. life. Yeah. So it's like, you know, uh-huh. it's like th- this corpse, like which, I mean, kind of does happen. It's like this dead body saved my life. You know, I, that alone is kind of a testimony. It's like, yeah, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for this corpse that washed us yeah. But at the same time, it's like killing you probably to have to carry literal dead weight. Oh, for sure. And take longer to get to your destination. For, for sure. Like, it's just like, a, you're not helping anybody. Yeah, it's just like, <laughs> the only way I took it is just like, kind of feel bad because you're like, I don't know who this dude is. Not saying I would have done the same, yeah. but it's like, to an extent, I understand. It's just, you, you kind of feel bad. You're like, eh. You know, I don't want the birds to get to him. <laughs> well, I'm just saying he could have done a, all right, mark him here, go find civilization, and then be like, hey, I found a dead body. You're not going to believe it. He helped. He, the, the dead body is actually what helped me come back. So, you know what I mean? Oh, like, oh, absolutely. And my first thought was like, on your back, you don't want to drag him? Right. As far as you know, he can't feel shit. <laughs> yeah. It's like, my thought is like, oh, he's going to tie like the rope around his waist and just kind of pull him. Right. Uh, no, he hoisted him on his back along with a bunch of other stuff. I'm like, like army stuff. I mean, yeah. I suppose, you know, I, I figured you'd drag him. Yeah. Now, once he starts talking, then I definitely understand. Oh my God. You oh know, yeah. 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 Someone else has like, to see this. So I'm not crazy. Like I get that, you know, but yeah, like that first like day and a half, 20 or so minutes of the movie. No, no, I get exactly where you're coming from. The only thing I thought is just kind of, I guess he feels bad for him. Yeah. Yeah. After everything you did, you got me off the ledge and, Took me back to society, but no. I also had that thought too. I'm just like, I mean, you could just tell him where to find him at. He's right. Problem up against a wall, probably not going anywhere. But I, I guess no one would believe you unless you had the corpse. But then the thought is, did you kill this man? <laughs> right. That, that's what I was thinking was going to be a bit of a plot point at the end. You know, like I, I did too. It, this is, it feels like little things feel like they could be presented, but they kind of just don't go with either of them. You know, picking. Like, Picking Paul Dano and as we go, as we keep going, there are choices made as far as like what is revealed around his character. You do question whether he like, with all due respect to Paul Dano, a very talented actor. He fits the description. I'm sorry. Like, that's <laughs> definitely part of why he... When I saw he got cast as Riddler, I had never seen his performances. I'm like, yeah, he looks like that kind of guy that would do some some weird stuff like that. The, the internet, you know, guy who's uncomfortable with women. Right, uh, like... And they totally played into that in the Riddler movie. <laughs> I'm making him a literal, like, Twitch streamer. Right, so I'm watching him just like, 
you look like you've done something where someone has to be like, no, 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 wait, you don't understand him. Like someone has to go out of their way to defend some things you've done. Yeah. And especially when we get like, when we talk about the cell phone and that thing. And I'm like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, "Mm, Paul, you know, it was like, Hank. Yeah. We'll get to that in a second. Yeah. And, And that's where I think part of the dramatic tension of like, he doesn't seem to remember who he is. Right. And so we're we're both kind of finding out, the audience and him are finding out the type of person he was, right? right. Like, as the movie's unfolding. And we're also trying to find out, like, about Daniel Radcliffe and, like, who he was because, you know, Paul Daniel's trying to talk to him and be like, well, who, who are you? Can Do you remember anything? Like, you can talk, but you can't uh, remember what your life is like either. So it's kind of like they're both in the sort of, like, oh, you know, trying to figure out things about ourselves. Mm-hmm. The dead body looks at a magazine, Manny, and it gives him a hard on, yep. and that's the motif moment where you're like, "Wow, yep, this is definitely the guys who did the turn down for what video?" Oh yeah, yeah, the, with uh, the dick the, poking everywhere, the erection compass, of course. <laughs> yes, my, my thing is, does that stay for too long? I feel like it's that scene, and then maybe a little in the next scene, and then it. That's kind of not a thing, right? Of him, like, oh, his dick knows the way to go. It kind of comes and goes. At various points yeah. throughout the movie, so it's like it's not focused on that much. But but like for him to have an erection, oh okay, I get it. Oh, the dead coming back alive, right? Crazy. The, the rigor set in, you know, that makes sense. Yeah, but for the dick to point to his lover and for them to think that that's a, like that just felt like a weird sort of heightening of it in a way of like, okay, is there some sort of magic thing going on? Because why the fuck? Like that just feels like a weird extra layer that doesn't really pay off, you know, like. I wonder if that's part of the point of Manny's character is things absolutely happen with Manny that I won't even say they're set up. They're just kind of established, not with like explicit payoff to the strength and also detriment of the movie is ambiguity. Yeah. Yeah. Where you kind of treat it like, um, have you seen Billy and Mandy before? (laughs) You kind of treat it like the logistics of Irwin's mom being a mummy. (laughs) And it's like with a bunch of questions that don't deserve like further answers. I'm like, fair enough. We just kind of got to roll with it. It's like, okay, his erections are a compass, not the weirdest things thus far. And by the end, still not the weirdest thing you see. Yeah, exactly. But it just, just has this tinge of like okay but why did you bring like that's a weird specific detail to bring up and why does that go nowhere it could have been brought up more because i presume they basically followed north via his penis yeah but it's like is his dick sticking in his back the whole time like what (laughs) yeah it's like because clearly he notices up and down (laughs) like any hot-blooded person with a penis you know an erection when it comes so I presume they just followed the dick, but yeah, they didn't follow that dick. (laughs) They didn't harp on it exactly like I said, I guess, because it's just like, well, this is about, you know, two men on a journey about life. It's like, let's not focus on the logistics too much. I mean, clearly. And and I guess like with how it ends, like, you know, there's the magical realism of like, is this really happening? You know what I'm saying? Which kind of gets answered i guess at the end it, it kind of does but even by the end i'm like was this really what happened <laughs> yeah like i'm still okay. questioning by the end <laughs> so like, so yeah yeah so so he wants to he starts talking about like oh i want to have sex like well i wish there was a way for me to have sex without me having to you know find the person to do it <laughs> right it's like the, it's it's the little things that that manny says that are like kind of gold because i mean throughout the story that's another thing too 
Hank, like Manny can speak and, and breathe, but if you're talking about like the philosophical aspect of life, and I'd say this is one of the themes, Hank teaches Manny what it means to live, but yeah. I, I think Manny in response in learning how to live also teaches Hank how to be alive. Oh, sure, sure. Because, uh, okay, so, and this is the point we get to, um, well, actually, there's a point afterwards, but there's this point also where he says, because uh, it's a bit of a funny bit of dialogue, but it kind of gets into the character uh, character's backstory for a second, where he's like, hey, did you ever masturbate? And he's like, oh, no, I didn't do it too much. And he's like, why not? It sounds like it'd be fun. And it's like, well, because, you know, my dad told me, because, you know, he was freaked out. He didn't want me to do it. So he told me this lie about how, like, if you do it, it shortens your lifespan or something like that. And mm. then it's like, oh, and then my mom, you know, I told my mom that he told me that. So she told me that, like, well, you know, whatever you do it, uh, you know, like, I I'm this many years old. So, you know, if you do it, you'll catch up with me. So just don't worry about it. And anytime you masturbate, just think of me. And it's one of those things where you're like, is is his mom screwing with him? Why would you say that? <laughs> and then she died. Yeah, and then she died. And then he's not masturbated since. Yeah, and that's such a, whoa, <laughs> that's so dark. Right. Like, wow, talk about someone really getting, uh, you know, fucking sexual. Uh, yeah, like sex sexual and like familial trauma. It's like, boy. Yeah, uh, <laughs> sexual hangups. I don't know if we have enough time to talk about the therapy it takes to right. separate those two associations. Oh, man. <laughs> Every time I beat my meat, a life is lost. It's like, what M. Night Shyamalan movie is this? And then, and then it, so, but I do like the little fun turn of phrase line where he's just like, yeah, so every time I'm about to masturbate, I kind of think of my mom. And it's like, oh, does that make you feel weird? It's like, well, I'll think of your mom when I masturbate, too. That way you won't be alone. <laughs> it's like, no, Manny, no. <laughs> so, yeah. th those are some of the best parts of the movie is him, like, having to correct Manny about stuff. It's like, no, Manny, yeah. stop. <laughs> you can't do that. <laughs> you can't say that. that that's inappropriate. Yeah. Right. Which, again, it kind of further, Manny fleshes out Hank through teaching Hank to kind of live his life, especially when you get into the things of, like, how to love and how to live. Because um, it leads to, I mean, we'll, we'll get into Sarah in a sec, but just, like, yeah, the yeah. follow-up conversation about the masturbation. And, like, it's just a metaphor for, like, living life happily and comfortably but it's like you know it's like if if masturbation is as good as uh he says it is then i feel like his mom would want him to do what makes him happy so if masturbating right. makes him happy then it's like why doesn't he do that i'm just like boy that's a powerful metaphor that's the that's the movie it is a powerful metaphor with the weirdest framing that you yeah. can't even conceive a, a sundance award winning dialogue about the uh uh the beauty of masturbation film has come so far right <laughs> thank god we have this medium <laughs> But, um, um, so so we get to the next uh, beat where they they come across a bear and Paul Daniels' character trying to protect him runs and then they fall off of a cliff, uh, which causes his body to land in a way where he sees like a phone. And he's like, oh, who's the girl on this phone? She's beautiful. And do they establish? I feel like we don't know whose phone it is or where it came from. It feels like it just kind of like shows up, right? Like. No, they they established it, I believe, earlier on because he Hank pulls out the phone. Who he pulls it from his wallet, Paul Dano. I mean, uh, uh, Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah, I think he pulls it out earlier. On, I think he pulls it out on the island and looks at uh the the picture of um Sarah 
on his on his phone because that's when because it, it highlights that the phone is on like four percent i think no ten percent ten percent yeah so it is established that paul dano pulls out the phone from daniel radcliffe's person no uh i think it's established that he pulls it out from his own person and then when they fall down the cliff it falls off of him and i think he just plays into it being manny's phone okay because i'm pretty sure i remember them establishing that it was hank's phone first and then he just leans into it because that's what leads to that conversation near the end uh-huh because he's saying okay th- yeah th- th- there was a little bit of uh basically him lying to manny yeah i was trying to figure out in the moment of like wait is he talking about himself is this true or that that's what okay so paul dano he doesn't have memory loss he does know his life yeah he does Manny doesn't. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, when he has that moment where he lies, I thought maybe there was a moment where he, he figures it out and then he lies to him. And, okay, now I get it. Okay. I think it's just yeah, because no. you don't get told anything at the beginning. And so, right. like, seeing the woman, you're like, wait, who is it? And so, when you have that moment and not really taking in that it's supposed to be like, oh, no, it's this. Yeah, dang. Okay, okay. Yeah, because that that's why, because when they show the flashbacks of Hank and Sarah, when you get the reveal near the end, that's that's why. Yeah, yeah. It kept pulling at my brain, yeah. That's how those pieces are connected. So, yeah, it's seeded throughout the, the movie. Okay. That definitely makes it. All right, all right, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then never mind the bullshit. If- because <laughs> i know i say something about like i think they both lose and lost the memory because that's what i was trying to figure out it's just like wait does he not know but then yeah it felt like there was little things seated where it's just like wait yeah but it does but it felt like there wasn't a moment where you had like the revelatory but now nah, yeah, yeah okay i that that's actually really well done yeah yeah, yeah. i gotta give yeah. the props on that one and this is why i try to watch movies twice to make sure i <laughs> make sure i don't oh no it. you're no I, I understand it's uh yeah but yeah I, I think it's just the way it comes again this movie plays with ambiguity and so it's like yes. if you miss something and then there's sort of like the element of like oh do you remember this and oh yeah that sort of thing like it kind of becomes like a wait is he that, that's what it is the dialogue does have a bit of like is he talking about him or is he talking about himself sort of you know what I mean? That little element to certain points. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that, I mean that, that happens in real life. Cause it's like, you know, going back to that theme of just like Manny teaching him to live, he's talking to himself, which yes, kind of yes. ties into the weird psychological aspect of this film. And it leads to questions even into the end of just like, okay, so what's really going on? Yeah. Yeah. Like when he, when he says he sees the beautiful girl on the phone and yeah, yeah. So he's basically going like, Oh, doesn't he say like, Oh, that's your girlfriend. And do you remember her name? Yeah. And if you remember her name, then, and I think that's what it was. So I guess that's what paints it even darker. Like the idea of like, oh. oh, he's trying to help you remember. And do you remember this girl's name? And then it's like, it's not actually her at all. This isn't your girlfriend at mm-hmm. all. I'm just trying mm-hmm. to help you to get motivated to get up, you know? It it also just, something at the end just explains something in the middle too for me. That oh, what, what? One of Manny's powers that shows up in the the tree scene at the end makes a lot of sense now for why Manny thinks Sarah is his girlfriend further and it has to do with Hank's memories because of their connection. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Yeah, cuz like that that just clicked for me thinking yeah, yeah, back yeah. it's like, "Oh shit. Okay, so that cuz that yeah, it it kind of explains almost like cuz the part of it is like Manny trying to get his own memories back." 
but throughout they're not really his memories they're hank's memories yeah 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 oh you know he's like can i look at the picture of the girl again and he says oh no it's on 10 percent battery power so we can't do it for now so right. he figures instead to emulate the picture of her yeah like hey this is what she looks like so that you can see it and he also then like makes up the bus that he was on when he saw her like i thought that actually looked really cool <laughs> yeah like made it down to the uh the city moving in the background yeah which i thought was really interesting i'm like man they again you know i think they had a montage for like them essentially building a life together yeah like having a yeah buddy moment uh, oh he's learning how to be friends and open up yeah but it's like it turned into a very abstract atypical love story yeah it's kind of touching like with the way it's like yeah it's like He's because he's trying to get Manny to understand what it's like to, you know, fall in love and have that moment where, oh, you know, I I, I have these emotions for someone. So basically he like, you know, does things like, oh, imitating you know, like the hair standing up on his back and the sweat that you feel running down your neck. And so he like emulates those little things when he sees on the bus and you can kind of flash to seeing like, oh, is this what this is what really happened? Daniel getting up to go over to talk to her, you know, and so yeah. like. I thought that was a really good, like, yeah, montage moment. And then I think th this is literally the part in, in the music you hear them singing, are we falling in love? All we ever needed right. was a montage. And, 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 and I'm listening to it, and I'm just like, this is an interesting premise for a male-male relationship? Yeah. But, but it's like, at the same time, it's like, I'm not against it, but it is like, in the context of this weird-ass movie, I'm like, they kind of start to get me on board with it. I'm like, okay. Yeah, because uh, hmm. you have the... Yeah, you have the moment where he says, uh, yeah, if you like masturbating, then you should do it because it makes you happy. And you should right. do the things that make you happy, especially if you're going to be alive. And they have the moment where they're starting to get closer and closer. And it's like, what would make you happy right now? And then he kisses the corpse. And, like Hank starts to lean in and then like Manny falls over. He's like, oh, man. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, no, are they going to? Oh, huh. Yeah. It's like, it's like, it's one of those moments of like, yeah, a representation, I guess. Yeah, but then you still like he's kissing a corpse, right? So it's yeah. like the, the context of the movie rears back, and it's just like, hey, remember, he's kind of dead, kind of alive. Yeah. You don't even know if he's really there. It's like, uh, yeah. right? I feel like Tim Burton would kill this movie, like if it was like thirty years ago, and someone had given him the idea. You know, this feels like such a weird, like. You know what I mean? Like, oh, is this really happening? What's going on inside this guy's head? Let's have a expansive black and white sequence moment. It, it is somehow more and less quirky than Corpse Bride. Uh, right. <laughs> because, like, even the romance between the two leads is, like, it's not inauthentic. It's not disingenuous. Like, it's not like it comes out of nowhere. It's explicitly set up. The whole movie is oriented around them. So it's like, yeah. it doesn't even feel out of place. I think just the way it's framed with Hank dressed as Sarah. Uh, yeah. Like, I get, okay, in an abstract way, it is a scene about self-love as much as it is a scene mm. about the two of them romantically finding an attraction to one another. Mm. Weirdly enough, through Sarah, who functionally does not physically exist in proximity to them up to this point. Right, right, right. 
like they have begun to fall for each other because they are bringing the best out of each other through this proxy of a crush that Hank has. Yeah, it's interesting. That is viewed through the eyes of Manny, who also believes he has this crush. Right, right. Like even to the point where like where the masturbation conversation initiates, you know, Hank takes the wig off, the uh, that ramshackle wig piece. Uh, where he's like, well, can I talk to Sarah? And he puts it back (laughs) on. (laughs) It's so weird, but it's also made so damn earnestly, too. Yeah, like, the way, the moment when I really feel it is the moment when they're running away from the bear, and, you know, Daniel uh, Radcliffe's character, because he's, like, you know, just experiencing these emotions for the first time, so he's just saying how he's feeling. Right. And he's just like, I'm scared, but I'm not really scared about like dying again as much as feeling th- this weird feeling that I have. The EA says like, what's this weird feeling that I-, I feel like there's something between us. It's like this weird feeling. It's not like physically there, but it's like there's something. Right. <laughs> and I feel like if I die, I-, I would I would care more that I'd miss you more than dying. And I was like, oh my God. Like, it's the fact that it's being said so authentically. Right. It's like, it's so... Like, not trying to be sincere, it's just saying, hey, this is how I'm feeling right now, and the fact that that's being delivered so plainly, like, in and of itself delivers the earnestness of it, you know? Like, oh, he really is feeling that way, you know? Right, it's, it is so thunderously matter-of-fact, because it has to be, that it wraps back around into, it intentionally and unintentionally is sincere, because it's so flat and earnestly true, which is something that I don't think because of the, the nuance of tone, you don't really see that often where it's like my concern for your well-being is just like there's no like moral implication or there's no it's just like the sky is blue, you know, rain falls I am scared to lose you. And it's so matter of fact that it's like beautifully authentic. Yeah. Because it's like, it's a level of vulnerability that is really difficult to ascertain outside of, and I I mean this in a mindful and respectful sense. It's something I've only really seen in like some autistic people Mm. where it's just like, no, this is exactly what I feel right now here presented but there's no, like, hostility. There's no retaliation. It's just genuine. Uh. And th- I think there's a beauty in that, especially with, like, Manny's character, with with him just like, I huh, I didn't even think about it in that context, of, of Manny kind of being lightly autistically coded because... I w- as you were saying this, I was kind of having that thought. I was like, God damn, <laughs> the movie got layers, bro! Huh. <laughs> when I started slowing down, I was like, huh. <laughs> it's just like, I, it just hit me as I said it. But yeah, because like the whole thing is like, yeah, he's teaching him to live, but like there's social cues even into the end that he j- he doesn't pick up on. He's asking him, it's like yeah. what he knows what his feelings are, but he doesn't know it in like a social context. He's like, why can't I fart openly? And it's like, well, it's right. Weird. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, what's wrong with being weird? It's like, and Hank has to really think and be like, I don't know what's wrong with being myself. Right. And I think, uh, everything everywhere all at once also has like a, a theme of like mental health issues and dealing with that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And still expressing love to someone, you know, like, so I just think that's a yeah. fascinating emotional motif that they, that they, uh, yeah, kind of have their movies. But yeah, so the, the bear's attacking him and, you know, all throughout the movie up to this point, he's been doing like little things where it's like, 
oh, you know, because the chick, it turns me on, I get horny, and so that makes my dick move, like, right. oh, because I really want to see her, I'm, like, moving my eyes and stuff like that, you know, like, that sort of thing. Then finally, when the bear's attacking him, because he is so inspired to save him, he, you know, gets up and, and runs after the bear, but the funny thing is, like, the way he tries to do it is, like... <laughs> He just accidentally lights himself on fire to fart jump and scare the bear. It's one of the most, like, weirdly impotent, but, I mean, I guess it works things, you know? Like, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I love someone who is trying to balance comedy with drama and seeing right. where that line really is. Like, in that way where it's, like, it's believable because it's funny how you can balance that line, right? Like, right. That, that sort of seesaw where it's like, you know, sometimes you watch a movie and it's like, oh, it's too ridiculous. And then they tried to make me take it seriously. But then there's other times where it's like, oh, I get it because the heart is there. Mm -hmm. And so when the funny moments happen, I want to see the levity and it's earned. And when the dramatic moments happen, it's like it cuts the tension perfectly. You know, so that it really is a seesaw that you do when you make a movie, right? Yeah. Every fart has a purpose in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Like underneath the, the initial, oh, ha ha. Fart funny, but I guess that even ties into part of the theme too. It's like, oh, haha, ha, fart funny or fart gross because it's socially frowned upon, but the movie literally utilizes it. And that's why we find it funny. Yeah, yeah. It, it does it on purpose in a sort of like, and that's why we find it funny. And that's why I'm going to keep farting. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just like, you know, it's a part of life. Yeah, natural part of life. It's healthy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's just like, they sound and smell weird. That is basically the, the social implication that for centuries has made us deny farting in public. I'm not advocating for it, but it's a strong argument. Yeah. But, you know, it's the proof that whoever created us clearly wants us to laugh. <laughs> right. It's just like, huh. Give yourself the opportunities to experience joy. Farts, yes. Yeah. Just like <laughs> simple way. Yeah. Farts. Farts, masturbating, like things that you are. You a fart today. No. <laughs> Have you farted recently? <laughs> Have you farted today? Have you expelled your gas today? Have you had your daily fart? <laughs> fart around that man. <laughs> Prove that he loves you. Fart on him. <laughs> Release the beast. Release the beast. Uh, silent but violent so eventually we yeah we're about to wrap this up so eventually civilization finds them they they call the number to have the dad show up the dad uh, sees like the body bag but like doesn't want to unzip it he's just kind of like oh man i'm you know feeling like distraught like oh my son you know my son you know he's dead you know? oh my baby boy yeah this is the point where yeah it becomes clear it's like oh okay so it's it's his phone it's him that you know the dad's expecting to see and so like you see paul dano kind of coming around being like oh i'm kind of like trying to avoid him you know yeah but then i, I think he does eventually what, what happens doesn't he unzip the body himself and start riding on it is isn't that what happens Close. So we almost skipped over the part where Manny, like, moves his limbs to, to save them from the bear. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, 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 he attacks them. Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. walks them to Sarah's house. That is something that's a little bit of a plot convenience. I don't know how he knew how to get there, but I can only assume by his uh, GPS penis. Yeah, but the GPS penis that does not, that isn't right, because it's not actually his girlfriend, right? So it wouldn't be leading him the right way anyways, yeah. Right, so so it leads him to Sarah's house. They establish uh, at one point when he first gets signaled to with his phone, once he sees a, a car pass by while taking a piss, 
that that Sarah has her own relationship and family and stuff like that. But Manny doesn't know that. You know, they have their fallen out and everything around the bear, blah, blah, blah. But they, they're in the backyard and they meet Sarah's daughter, Chrissy, both of them looking beat to right. shit. Right. Yes. Yes. That's what happened. And, you know, that's when he farts and tries to, yeah, he has the compass dick. He swats him and he kind of passes out. And it seems like Manny kind of dies right there. Yeah, yeah. Sarah calls for help. You know, the reasonable response. Uh, there's two raggedy men <laughs> in her backyard. Yeah, two raggedy white guys stumble in from the woods outside your house next to your, like, <laughs> five-year-old daughter who's crying on the ground. Yeah. And Hank's still kind of stunned, so they call for help. You know, medical team, because, yeah, he had his leg bitten by the bear, so he, that's why Manny carried him. There's a point. That's right. Yeah. People show up. He's avoiding his dad. But the news crew rolls in because he's been missing for amount of time right, right. and they you know they pack manny into into the corpse bag and hank kind of deludes he's like that corpse saved me he's incredible and he basically this is where you kind of get into a lot more of those questions about the reality of what was going on because it shows you that outside perspective from the cameraman of just like hank's insane ramblings about this corpse yeah. that saved his life <laughs> and that he loves him. It's like, no, he farted and it, and it took me to another island. Right. It's just like his his farts are magical. He's a magical being. And obviously everyone thinks he's absolutely insane. So he runs off with Manny's body. Yeah. And and there's that moment where, where the woman comes up to him and he like confesses to her. He's like, I'm sorry. I don't know who you are. I just saw you on a bus one day and I took a picture. I'm sorry. You know? Yeah. Because cause they initially think that it's Manny's phone. Yeah, yeah. And the and the cops are there and they're just like, Ma'am, we found these photos and she's like Right. Obviously wigged out, but Hank admits that it's his phone. Yeah. And then runs off with and like apologizes and runs off with the body uh through the woods. Yeah. Slides his bo- his body down. Oh yeah, he Oh my god. Starts He's surfing like, oh, through the woods. Jesus Christ. Um that's another interesting thing too, in the reveal, because they show the, the police going by He's actually not that far from Sarah's house where they built their little fort units, their little life. That's a really interesting kind of detail. Yeah, that is interesting. Because <laughs> they, they couldn't have gotten that far. <laughs> and that was the thing that I was also mentioning kind of loops around with, uh, you know, Manny has the power to see and re- like he starts freaking Hank out because he's kind of invading his mind with all these different images and stuff like that of Sarah and whatnot. So that's what kind of recontextualizes the beginning of Manny is able to get into Hank's head, either knowingly or unknowingly. So I think that's why Manny thought Hank's thoughts were his. That's why he thought he was in love with Sarah and they have that history. And and that's when it builds up later. So that part calls a lot. I mean, throughout the movie, there's kind of weird things like, is Hank going through something? Right. Um, Especially just like he has pictures of this stranger on a bus, you know, <laughs> on his phone. Um, he follows her on social media. But then you realize how close their little fort setup was. It was like 20, 30 yards from her house. Yeah. So you think back to what you experienced through the movie. It's like, so what really happened? Hmm. And, and that's where the questions come in. Down to Hank winding up on this nearby beach, which again makes you really think about like, has Hank been delusional? Right. Half this time, because you think about the beach at the beginning, and then the beach, which is way smaller. Yeah, it kinda, and it makes you feel like the idea of him going from one beach to another that kind of looks the same, you know, is like, is that 
part of you know what i mean yeah did he just kind of wind up on the other side and he thought he was you know lost all this time yeah and it also brings up like well okay why was he hanging himself oh was it because he was actually secluded on a beach or was he just sad yeah you know what i'm saying and there's like you just assume that a guy in front of a beach must be on a deserted island in by himself you know what i mean like but that's not necessarily automatically true, you know? Yeah, if you feel like you've been stranded to that point, it's like it doesn't mean you're away from civilization explicitly. It just means you don't know where you are. You're lost. You know, you don't know how far or close you are to home. But yeah, that's when we wind up on the beach and everyone there, uh, including like the camera crew and the police. Yeah. And Sarah rightfully confused and like, <laughs> who the fuck are you? They go to, I guess, arrest Hank. Oh, honestly, technically over nothing i mean he is with a dead body and is riding on it and doing a, it's like right. uh, something's going on here <laughs> yeah no for for sure like there are a lot of questions but it's like the corpse is there hey look it's the police they'll get him on something <laughs> yeah it's like i can't think of anything explicitly because it's it it's not a body I mean, I that's violating a dead body against the law <laughs> Yeah, it's an unnamed, unmarked corpse, you know. It's, uh, granted, he showed but, up. you know, he's clearly going to be the first suspect, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, you're definitely, like, the, the first suspect. But it's like, but, you know, up to that point, they showed up together. And unfortunately, the only witness until we get to the, the end is, like, Chrissy, the five-year-old, who's like, oh, yeah, the corpse was talking. No one's going to believe the child. They set that up very well. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. They set that up very well, where it's like, oh, yeah. the child is the only other person up to this point to see Manny be alive. So functionally, it's a crazy man wandering out of the woods with a corpse that had a whole little hut about 20 yards from this woman's house where they find his phone. Yeah. He looks crazy. Mm. Hank embracing the lessons of Manny, uh, just lets one rip. Yeah. To the delight of his father, I suppose, and several others. Well, no, everyone goes like, what the hell? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're just like, all right, bro, that was weird. Anyways. the guy resting him stands back and goes like, what? what's wrong with you? Yeah. And then, you know, but then he comes over and, like, picks him up again, like, all right, let's go. And then you hear another farting happening, and it's like, dude, cut it out. And he goes like, oh, that, that wasn't me. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't me. And so everyone turns and you see, like rhyming uh, the movie, you know, the earlier shot of the vibrating, farting dead body. (laughs) As Manny, like, floats his way off into the the middle distance. Oh, my God. Yeah. With everyone rightfully perplexed and confused. Yeah, yeah, because it's like they're doing the, wow, I guess he was telling the truth, but also, what the fuck just happened? Like, you know. (laughs) Yeah, both appropriate reactions, but, like, I really got to give credit to how the last, like, ten minutes was handled. I didn't expect myself to get as emotional and invested into Hank and Manny's relationship to him, like, crying over Manny's, like, please, just let them know that you're alive. Yeah. And I'm just like, I'm weirdly feeling this. No, the part that got me the most was them being attacked by the bear and him just having the moment of really saying how he feels like well i would feel really sad yeah like i would not feel good if you if you weren't here anymore <laughs> you know yeah like the earnestness is so like gripping yeah it's like they they really make you kind of care about the relationship between the two whether it is a figment of his imagination or not it got weirdly touching like i felt my emotions welling up when he's just like pleading for manny to just come back and be with him so that they can be together. And I'm just like, boy, this is really selling the hell out. Like, yeah, gotta yeah. give the Daniels credit. 
they know good talent because it's like they, they really got to get you as an audience member on board with that premise and then get the talent to sell it because it's entirely preposterous. But like what's insane about the movie is not only do they double down, they also make you question everything you saw. <laughs> right, right. And so I, I like so to that degree, it is an interesting bit of movie making in the sense of like, yeah, was like, wait. Was that all just a fever dream? And it gives you enough to believe it. But then it gives you that weird sort of uh, Christopher Nolan, you know, thing at the end where it's like, oh, okay, so I guess it was all insane and he was just a madman. And wait, but the corpse is farting and they apparently can see it. So what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, down to having a camera crew. So it's like the explicit language of the movie. Yeah, the camera crew. So like, okay, so that's going on YouTube. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like the... The explicit language of the movie says that this all happened, but even by the end, I'm like, he could have just succeeded in hanging himself from the beginning, and this is all just like, because mm. like that was what was crossing my mind. I'm like, what if this is just like his purgatory, like his lost? Because you actually like the thing does fall uh, that that he's you know standing on top of before. He, yeah, uh, they established that. Yeah, it's just that it cuts. It cuts off, so he falls from it, yeah. Yeah, like, this could have just been his death, thinking that... Because, I mean, it's a story... That is actually very interesting, Especially yeah. with the narrative being, like, about self-love with somebody that is much more... A literal passive participant in life about him learning to love himself in death. Like, even when he says it to Manny, he's like, Yeah, I thought that when I would die, I would, you know, my life would flash before my eyes and I'd have all these good memories, but... Oh, yeah. When I was up there, you know, it's like I didn't really get that. So it's like this could have all just been. And the whole idea is like he's looking at a dead corpse like this is what he would have been, right? Like, yeah, it's like this is what this is what I wish would have happened. I wish I would have death in the face. Literally. Yeah, It's like I wish yeah. I would have accepted myself. I wish I would have loved myself genuinely because I mean, that was what Manny kept reiterating plainly. It's just like, well, because nobody loves you or you don't feel loved. Yeah. You know, I wish I could have connected with my dad. I wish I could have really been genuine yeah. to Sarah. Like it's a series of regrets for a lack of self. -love. Like there's so much stuff going on with this. All of their movies, they do this. Wow. <laughs> well, you really made me review this movie anew. <laughs> like, damn, like, wow. The themes really came out. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know how to keep getting away with it, but like, <laughs> I'm sitting there and then I'm like, wow, that was like two things crossed my mind. I'm like, what the hell did I just watch? And that was beautiful because there's just like, there's way too much to unpack that is right there in text and can be expanded upon in subtext because he could have died from the beginning and this is his heaven or this could have all happened. And I mean, he's clearly unstable. So yeah. Yeah. It was like, think about the bagel, bro. From everything everywhere. <laughs> like, that's a whole plot device. Yeah. But it's also like a message about like nihilism and depression and like, acceptance <laughs> so damn i don't know <laughs> these guys look, look at these guys giving you shit to chew on you know what i'm saying right it's like that these this is the medium to do it through like i think that's the beauty of movies like from what the daniels has and like a, um a sorry to bother you even some of the some of the stuff that like jordan peele has done like these there, are there, the yeah there really is a new generation of like voices really saying something using the medium to 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 say something new yeah yeah like you could do so many video essays about like different themes and this and everything everywhere and sorry to bother you like these are the directors where i'm like that's an original idea because ain't nobody else doing movies like this 
Right, right. I love blockbusters. I love mainstream media. But it's rare that you get something weird and genuine, but not like overzealous or up its own ass about it. Like, I think that's what makes it beautiful because it's still approachable. And like, even with all these philosophical themes you can consider, it's just a well done movie too. It's just well acted. It's well edited. The music composition is creative. It's just like, you could see it in any of those lights and they're all correct. You know, I'll put it to you like this. There's a movie called like Cocaine Bear or something like that. Yes. I think it's next month. (laughs) If the Daniels had directed that movie, I would be all about going to see it. But yeah, seeing that they probably didn't, I probably won't, right? No, it's uh, it's Elizabeth Banks is directing that. Elizabeth Banks, the actress? Yeah, she also directed the uh, the Charlie's Angels reboot from a couple years back with Kristen Stewart. Ooh. Oh, wow. All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Those are two different movies. <laughs> The only reason I'm on board with Cocaine Bear is because it seems silly. Like, that's what it is. It's an internet movie, and this movie also looks like a very internet movie. Like, what? Harry Potter's a, you know, dead body squirting water from his mouth. You know what I mean? It's a very internet-looking movie. Yeah. You know, where it's like, of of course you're going to talk about how, how weird this looks. But I think this movie does a good job of paying that off despite that like we know you're coming here to see how weird this is but let's actually tell you a story right and and like and god bless them for it the movie's only 97 minutes i realize yeah like it's really well paced like Mm -hmm. like i'm sorry to to some of these other directors your chris nolan's your zack snyder's i don't need three hours of this motherfucking movies all the time yeah yeah james cameron oh my god here's the thing i think you should be able to take a feature length runtime of 90 minutes. And if you can't tell your narrative in, I'll even give you two hours. Right. You know, you want room to expand, not room where you have to cut down. You have to be able to tell a story concisely. Like if you had to pitch this movie to somebody where it's just like, Oh, it's a story about self self love between a suicidal man and a corpse. Bam. You know, you have a 90-minute premise that you can make longer if you want to. You could have made this two and a half hours, and it could have been a really deep dive into these themes. But they do exactly what they need to do. They give you just enough. Whereas, like, you're going to think about this. (laughs) You're going to tell your friends about this because it has all this weird stuff in it. But then you're like, but he learns how to love himself by the end and how to live you know, yeah. and, and to be able to live for himself along the way that they use a fart to, to scare off a bear. Uh, and it wasn't a big bear either. Like, that was a cocaine bear-sized bear. It wasn't that big. <laughs> but it's still a bear. But like, I'm like, that, yeah, yeah. that bear's not... It's like, it's scary because it's a wild animal, but it wasn't a huge bear. It was a... Uh, like, I mean, any bear is a frightening bear, honestly. Yeah, like, for reference, the actual cocaine bear was like, I think five feet, 175 pounds, but it's a bear. <laughs> like that's the thing. But like, even a baby bear is terrifying. Cause you're like, Oh God, am I going to turn around? And the mama bear is there, you know, like, yeah, it's just like to, to their credit. It's like, it even, I don't know. It's grounded just enough in reality for you to take it seriously, but not too much where you're like, well, this is, this is just preposterous and silly. It's like, no. Yeah. Cause even a, a, a five, six, five, seven bear Still a damn bear. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, it's yeah. not that big. Yeah, mo- but if it slashes you in the ankle, yeah, it's going to mess you up. Yeah, I think the movie does a really good job of, like, balancing the magical realism yes. in, in the movie. And, and using the comedy as sort of the wink and nod of, yeah, we know this is ridiculous. 
but you know this is a movie, so yeah. <laughs> you know it's that sort of thing. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, did you have anything else to say? I'm really curious for what on earth is going to be for the Daniels next, but if we get like the level of quality jump like we did between Swiss Army Man and everything everywhere, like I want them to have conversations with other kind of weird abstract directors. Like I would love to see a roundtable of like the Daniels, a Donald Glover, a Jordan Peele, like just like all this new interesting talent. I mean, you know what I would like to see? I would like to see a Marvel or a a DC universe in which they actually let directors be weird and be themselves and not just like a, well, we already made the movie, but here's one or two scenes you can direct to be a little weird. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's like, I don't want them to, I want them to have free reign to do something, which people are going to feel really weird about this. They are kind of my pick to do Avengers Secret Wars. Oh, yeah. Oh my God! If there is someone who I want to do the big, the big fuck uh, movie, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like because Secret Wars is like insane balls to the wall multiversal shenanigans, and they could clearly handle it. <laughs> like I think they, I think everything everywhere can prove that they could do like a PG thirteen. But the thing is, you got to give them free reign to do whatever they want, and I mean whatever they want. You will get a beautiful thought-provoking billion-dollar blockbuster, but you have to give them 100% reins. And that's the only thing is, like, I feel like they'd be like, no, you got to put it in this direction. And I think that I don't know if they're willing to let them... I don't know if Disney will let them do what A24 has let them do with these two movies. That's my only hesitancy. Um, Oh, my God. I didn't even realize, speaking of which, the Russo brothers were producers on Everything Everywhere. (laughs) Oh, wow. Wow. Goddamn. (laughs) So, uh, hey, they're no talent. That it all it all comes full circle, but no, it's just I I can't wait to see what they do next. Like the, so far, they're batting ten for ten, like they're batting yeah, a thousand. Yeah. yeah, and that movie is like that movie's a little over two hours, but again, well paced, use their time perfectly. It's just like let them let them keep doing whatever they want to do because they are perfect at these absurdist films. Clearly, it's working, yeah. This next-level YouTube energy type of it. You know, like, this is really movie-making in the YouTube era. Isn't that weird? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, like, they're clearly inspired by, like, oh, people watching really cool stuff oh you know here's something like you know what it used to be is like oh here's a guy who kind of works in the industry but is doing their own thing they put up a little youtube video of like a whole bunch of cool stunts or something like that you know what i mean and that's kind of how the daniels kind of got their start right like doing a music video that's like oh went viral you know what i mean and they, they just they have a good eye for talent too like thinking across these two movies um, cause they're names that I'm familiar with, but not ones whose catalogs I've been like extensive with. Like I, like I, I'd heard of Paul Dano to an extent, obviously knew who Daniel Radcliffe is. You know, I know who Mary Elizabeth Winstead is, even with like everything everywhere. I know Michelle Yeoh and James Hong and Jamie Lee Curtis and Jenny Slate, but like letting an actor, like these are projects where I'm like, I would love to be on that because there's nothing better than a weird pitch and you're like okay i get to figure out what i want to do with this performance one right right yeah yeah it, really figure out what the what's going to motivate the the character yeah so it's just like you get to you get to have fun like they i think that's what it boils down to you you have you know good interesting narratives but they're fun movies they're fun yeah yeah it's like a 
This is a, like, sure, you can say the, oh, it kind of reminded me of Castaway, but it is not just Castaway. Yeah, it is far, it is radically different. The only thing they have in common is honestly only the opening. Yeah. <laughs> but like, uh, I mean, it, and even thematically, that's only one, th- like a man coping with like loneliness and maybe a little bit of existential dread. Regret. Yeah, yeah, yeah. regret. But that's a theme from a movie with like seven of them versus Castaway, which really only has like one or two. You know, it's 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 more narrative of than, than theme, but it's like this budget, I think was like five million. Everything Everywhere was like 25. Like, they know how to make it. Yeah. Sorry. This movie was three. Everything Everywhere. Oh, wow. Uh, Yeah. And Everything Everywhere was 25 million. If that's what they do with limited budgets. Yeah, exactly. They're a threat. <laughs> this is a threat. Yeah, yeah. Knowing how to use uh, natural, like, you know, prosthetics and shit and really make a cool, believable film. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like, you know, both movies just know how to make their stuff look good. It's stylish. It's st- like they're extremely talented directors they're they the people they pick as far as music and editing and stuff like they they know how to make a good collaborative project like i i wonder across these two what the hell was on the cutting room floor because you you always have to cut a little bit in editing what was lost (laughs) i don't know what else would they have done (laughs) yeah it's like what what did you cut what did you leave out of this because it's like you know i feel like you never 100 percent get get everything you want in it for one reason or another but they do great stuff i want them to keep having the freedom to do what they want i would be curious to see them do uh a comic book or superhero project but maybe not like a marvel or a dc the way that they currently are they would not allow them to be as weird as they would want to be but it would be a nice you know yeah like if you let them do like a movie version of like kick-ass or invincible or something like that I would be so curious to see what they do with it. Like something where they can do whatever they even in a weird way. Like I know it has a director. If they did a Deadpool movie, you might get the greatest comic book movie of all time. <laughs> yeah. Their style definitely fits that shit. Yeah. Damn. It's damn. like, that's the only one I can see. It's just like, yeah, let them. It's like, if, if you give them a, a blank check, blank slate, let them do my hero academia, the movie, I'd be curious to oh, see them no. do like an anime ah! adaptation or something. Now that would be madness. You know, if we had the Daniels do Akira. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> like the live action Yo. Akira. Like you get, it's like, <laughs> good Lord. It's like, they talked about everything. Like the human condition, nuclear fall. <laughs> that would be fucking madness. Yeah. But look, uh, th- th- this has been the Review New Podcast. Thank you so much for listening, because we're, we're, we're going off on the, the theories right now. <laughs> Speculating on the possibilities. Yeah, there's, there's, it's infinite, literal infinite possibilities. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you want to hear these episodes early, go to patreon.com slash rapcritic. Uh, you get to uh, see Rap Critic episodes, plus my podcast, plus get to join the Rap Critic Discord. We chat with me and fellow fans, and we have you know game nights and movie nights and stuff like that. Uh, we actually watched this movie on the Patreon Discord before uh, me doing this review. So get with it, act like you want it if you want to join in. Of course, this is a Kofi thing that I said uh, earlier. You know what I'm saying? Get get with all of it and act like you want all of it. Uh, until next time, uh, this has been the Review A New Podcast. I'm DJ. And I'm Will the Greatest. And... I'm sitting away, setting up a curse for the virginity. For the virginity. Cause I.